this week on Business Brief, ready or not, the holiday retail rush is here for businesses. We hear from a small business advisor about how shops are navigating the busy season. Then, just over a month since student loan repayments resumed, we catch up with different Missourians to hear about their experiences with student debt. Then, on the verge of Global Entrepreneurship Week, we check in with the founder of an upstart Latinx beer company in Kansas City. Welcome to Business Brief, Missouri Business Alert's podcast focused on the business news and issues shaping the state. My name is Siggy Reese, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chelsea Peter. Chelsea, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good. I'm just trying to decide whether Missouri wants to be hot or cold in November. What about you? You know, I really can't tell either. Yesterday, I was wearing shorts, and then today, I had on a jacket, so it's really just confusing. And then, yeah, on top of all that, I I have a cold that I'm trying to recover from, so apologies for my um, kind of weird voice on this episode. Yeah, the weather is definitely not helping. Yes, I advise everyone to stay warm as it gets colder. Hopefully, it will get colder and not warmer here. But are you ready to get into this week's headlines? Yes. St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones signs legislation this week that puts restrictions on short-term rentals. They're the first such laws approved in St. Louis. They require short-term rentals listed on platforms like Airbnb to have an operating permit, and they limit owners to a maximum of four permits. The laws also require stays to be two days or longer to prevent partying. The new regulations take effect next year. Over 50,000 kids were kicked off Medicaid in Missouri from June to September. This time period reflects the first four months of renewed Medicaid eligibility checks. Most Missourians lose coverage due to issues with paperwork as some recipients never received a renewal form and some just don't know how to fill it out. The state says it is unclear how many kids have been able to re-enroll in the health care program for low-income people. The ratio of kids disenrolled in Missouri was higher than in the majority of states that report this data, according to health policy nonprofit KFF. Clayco announced plans this week to expand its St. Louis operations. The construction and development firm will open an office in North St. Louis County and plans to invest $50 million into the project. Clayco says the expansion will create 400 new jobs and the new office will house 1,000 employees. Columbia Hospital System Boone Health has lost over $112 million since transitioning to an independent community hospital in 2021. The hospital has made cuts and will continue to do so, including laying off 15 staff members and announcing the elimination of its home care and hospice divisions. Hospital officials attribute the loss in funds to how the pandemic impacted transition planning. Mortgage rates declined for the second consecutive week after nearly two months of steady increases. The average 30-year fixed-rate mortgage for the week was 7.5%, down from a peak of 7.79% two weeks ago. Mortgage rates averaged less than 7% a year ago. Freddie Mac's chief economist says the Federal Reserve Bank's potential to raise rates again before the end of the year could stall improvements in the housing market. Business Brief will continue after a quick word from our sponsors. Are you a connector? Someone that loves to help others find the resources and people they need? Do you love to network? Do you want to be your own boss and have time to take care of your family too? Well, now you can own your own Connection Exchange affiliated business and make valuable connections in your own community. 
The Connection Exchange is a welcoming service that greets new residents and business owners with a welcome gift to introduce them to all the things that make their new community great. This is not a franchise. Each location owns and operates their own business. At Connection Exchange, we share the joy of meaningful connections in our local communities. How fun is that? Find out more at connection-exchange.com. For our next story, we'll hear from a small business advisor on a topic at the top of mind for many business owners, the holiday season. Yes, it is that time of year, isn't it? What should small business owners be considering? For one, small retailers should consider having an e-commerce presence, as many consumers are expected to spend money online this year. That's according to Rebecca Lobina, the director of the Small Business Development Center at Northwest Missouri State University. She also says offering online options is a way for small businesses to keep up with big retailers like Amazon or Walmart. Yeah, I see. It seems like it would be difficult to compete with next day shipping, though. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. Reporter Skylar Rossi talked to Lobina during a Missouri Business Alert event about what small retailers should consider to maximize sales during this time of the year. Here's part of their conversation. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored to be here, Skylar. So what are some unique challenges that small businesses face this holiday season in 2023? Um, according to a, a study done by Deloitte recently, they're predicting a, a little bit less spending this year than folks had last year. But of the spending that's going to occur, uh, 10 to 12 percent of that, more of that is going to actually occur online than it did last year. So there's lots of small businesses that are out there who may have a website um, but they don't have the ability to do or haven't so far um, implemented e-commerce onto their website so that is definitely a a hurdle that um, small businesses have because it does cost some extra money to have that type of website and you know some manpower to actually you know fulfill those orders that come in online and understanding the software that goes with it so that's definitely a challenge. Yeah, I want to talk about e-commerce a little bit more here. I know the pandemic forced many businesses to move online and create an online presence if they weren't already there. Um, how important is online sales to profit during the holiday season? So it's vital. It truly is vital. Um, I know that there are some small businesses that have uh, historically been able to get by without having an e-commerce presence. However, um, you're going to see fewer and fewer of those because you have big box companies, um, Amazon in particular, that uh, continues to make it more convenient, free shipping, all that good stuff. Uh, some of some of their vendors on on Amazon even will gift wrap for you. So they kind of bring the whole package, right, with the exception of actually going in and touching and feeling the the product that you're purchasing. Um, and so I say, if you can't beat them, join them. What are some of the best methods for small retailers to market their products and any sales they're having? I would definitely recommend that they start with their existing customer base. Hopefully, they have a way to reach out to that base, whether that's via email or that they've gathered throughout the year or texting them um, or even just on their social media sites. So they can do that. But something else that comes to mind that a lot of small business owners aren't doing 
yet is utilizing AI in their marketing tactics, because it really takes the burden off of the small business owner from having to be the super creative one or come up with lots of different ideas or lots of different ways to say the same message. Small businesses are super busy and are trying to get busier to bring in additional sales. Um, AI can be a lifesaver in their marketing tactics. They can use it for emails. They can use it for their social media content. Um, they can use it in, in, you know, flyers that they're posting anywhere that there's words, <laughs> AI can be used. Um, and I realize this isn't a one size fits all answer, but I am curious, how much do you recommend small businesses spend on advertising during this time of year? Is there some sort of formula or consideration for that? Most businesses, small and large, spend about 1% of their total revenues on advertising throughout the year. That's average throughout the year. But the bulk of that really should be spent during the last quarter of the year because that's when people are definitely out shopping, right? Um, they're buying, they're opening up their wallets and purses. And so you really have to capitalize on that. And if they don't know you're there, they can't buy from you. So if there was ever a return on your investment, it would be during this season, this holiday season. You can watch the full interview with Rebecca Lobina on MissouriBusinessAlert.com. Our next story is about student loan debt. Ooh, what's the latest with that? I know student repayments recently restarted. You're right. So after a pandemic freeze, student debt repayments started again last month. That affects a significant chunk of the state because more than 800,000 Missourians have student debt, according to the Education Data Initiative. Wow. So how are borrowers feeling about that change? Missouri Business Alert's Ansley Franco talked with some younger borrowers to find out. Bryn Jankowski, who graduated from the University of Missouri earlier this year, just started paying off her loans. I'm currently um, a digital advertising specialist with Learfield in Jefferson City. I graduated um, May 2023, and I got a bachelor's in journalism and a bachelor's in English. <laughs> Whenever I, like, checked, like, my loan status and like the dates of when everything was starting back up, I was like, um, maybe I should get more intense on this job thing. But um, yeah, I don't know what I would have done if I hadn't found anything by now. It would have been way more worrying for sure. My bank account has cer certainly been <laughs> impacted the most. Um, I did uh, a re I started my repayment, um, but it was more of like concerning interest. So um, that definitely took a little bit of a hit just because I hadn't had anything coming in for a while. I just always figured, you know, oh, like loan forgiveness, I doubt it would cover anything of mine. Um, so I, I always kept it in the back of my mind. Like I'd, I'd have to pay this back eventually, no matter what just start thinking about like what's going to happen after graduation and um, keep an eye on your money and where it's going. Bella McCartney, an MU senior set to graduate in December, also has started paying down her debt with help from her parents. I am currently in my final semester as a health sciences pre-professional major and I'm kind of hoping to use that to go into the medical field. I really want to go to medical school eventually. I'm going to start applying for that this summer. I guess my main kind of deciding factor was really where can I go 
to get a good pre-med education just because I wanted to be set up well to apply to medical school. And I'd talked to people about making sure I chose a school that would prep me for it and prep me for taking the MCAT. So I would say student loans was definitely probably in the top three of what are my main like decision makers for where I wanted to go to school. Really, I would say just take it into careful consideration, but really weigh the other factors that are really driving you because you don't want to go to a school where you're going to be miserable, even if it's free, because student loans are something you can get taken care of. So the cheapest interest rate option was to just um, start making payments on them now. So yeah, my parents have been helping me luckily in that aspect so that I don't have to worry about it too, too much, but it's obviously something I'm going to have to worry about when I graduate. Because my parents have been helping me while I'm in school, it, I really haven't been stressed out about it. I'm sure my parents were like, oh, darn. Really, I've had a great um, kind of role model for student loan debt. My brother um, also went through undergrad and stuff, and he had student loan debt, but his is already almost paid off just because he was very adamant about making the payments and making like, you know, double payments when he could. I guess my advice to myself is really just you'll work it out, like you'll figure it out as you go. Michael Lombrazo, who's studying at Cleveland University in Kansas City, took out loans to pay for chiropractic school. Oh, I was in sales for probably four or five months right out of undergrad, and I just couldn't stand it. I hated it. I hated getting told no all the time. I did not like sitting behind a desk all day, every day, and it was just something that I quickly realized that it just wasn't quite for me. So I shadowed a chiropractor back home, and um, so he went to Cleveland where I'm at right now, shadowed him, really liked it. And so I went and toured the school, um, you know, met a few people, this and that and applied and got in. And so I said, frig it, I'm, I'm going back to school, I guess. So I, I knew it was going to be a hefty kind of lump sum for sure. But um, everyone I talked to just really said it's actually it's it's worth it if you can actually get through and all that sort of stuff. So I knew it was going to be expensive. So, I mean, the end of the day it wasn't a major major factor i knew it was going to be a long time like a good 10 year student debt things like everyone has told me everyone says it's worth it like it sucks and it can seem terrifying with how much debt you're going to be in but uh in my opinion if you're investing in yourself and you're really think that you can do something like that then it's it's definitely worth going into the debt it kind of sucks that you really kind of have to just go kind of into it you know um it's just one of those things that it's it's not going to be cheap, but hopefully, like everyone says, it's worth it at the end of the day. That was Bryn Jankowski, Bella McCartney, and Michael Ambrazo. All three are student borrowers facing uncertainty, but also hopeful about the opportunities education will afford them. It is now time for us to get into our words of the week. Chelsea, what do you have for us this week? My word is hellbender. Whoa, that sounds intense. What is that? It's the name of a new giant computer at the University of Missouri. Technically, hellbender is a high-performance computing environment. Oh, okay, cool. What does that do? It's being used for research across the UM system. One of Hellbender's primary uses at the moment is for genetics research because the machine can process large amounts of data like genomes. Interesting. And then you mentioned Hellbender's big. How big is it exactly? So it's around the size of a two-door smart car. 
Okay, that's pretty big. So what's so special about this computer other than, of course, like how large it is? Well, it allows researchers to transfer, analyze, and store data faster. Hellbender has brought the wait time for data processing down from five days to six hours. That's all I've got this week. What's your word, Siggy? My word is union. So you're going to have to be more specific. So I'm not talking about autoworkers, although we've covered them a lot in the past. This week, I'm talking about cannabis dispensary workers. Oh, okay. So are dispensary workers unionizing? Yes. Workers at the home state dispensary in Kansas City's Crossroads neighborhood recently voted to join their local Teamsters union. Okay. So what are the workers at home state looking to achieve through unionizing? Multiple unionized workers at home state told the Kansas City Beacon their primary concern is getting holiday pay. Interesting. So are we seeing dispensary workers unionized in other parts of the state? Yeah. So last April, before recreational marijuana became legal, workers at a St. Louis medical dispensary voted to unionize. And this year, workers at one Columbia dispensary formed a union and employees at another filed for election just this week. So we're definitely seeing an uptick in efforts by cannabis workers to organize. For a closing thought, here's Rebecca Lobina again on ways small business owners can get shoppers in the door during the holiday season. There are very um, creative ways to get your name out there. You can partner with a nonprofit um, to have a coat drive this season or a canned food drive. And then then that nonprofit is actually promoting your business for people to go to to drop off cans. Well, while they're dropping off cans and coats, they might want to shop too, right? So it's kind of a win-win. So there, there are other ways like that that are creative that don't cost a ton of money that people need to just sit down and think about and, and and seriously consider what are they doing to drive traffic to their business. Well, that is all for this week. Thank you to the M33 Project for providing the music for this episode. For my co-host, Chelsea Peter, editors Julian Jensen, Yasha Mikawaychuk, Skylar Rossi, and Michael Stacey, I'm Siggy Reese, and this has been Business Brief. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.